Welcome to the Latinos in Real Estate Investing Podcast, the top information hub for real estate investors and entrepreneurs within the Latino community. Join us on our journey as the host, Martin Perdomo, the elite strategist, talks about how ordinary people can become extraordinary with the power of real estate investing. Here, he and his guests share their expert knowledge on how to create wealth through real estate investing, the mindset required to become a millionaire, and what it takes to master the craft. Hey guys, this is Martin Perdomo, the Elite Strategist, and you're listening to Latinos and Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today I have a friend, um, Michael Slash. He goes by Mike Slash. I call him Mike. Mike is the president of Freedom Financial, and um, he's been the president of, of Freedom Financial since 2009 to current, and he specializes in something he calls infinite banking. So I'm going to be learning along with you. He, he, he gave me some gave me some pointers on how this program works. We talked about it a little bit a couple of weeks ago. We talked about it off air a few moments ago. And I know that this is a real estate investing podcast. However, what Mike is going to show us is about it's about creating wealth and, and the velocity of money. And ta- there's just so much out there. Mike, welcome. Thank you for being here, sir. And Mike, tell us a little bit about yourself, first of all. Let's start there. Tell us a little all bit right, about so yourself. Thank you, for ask, thank you for having me on the on the podcast. First of all, it's a great well, honor and greatly appreciated. And and I, I know that they don't they only know you. Some people are listening, they only know you as somebody on this podcast, but we've worked together in the past. And what I, I will tell everybody on this call is you've always made it your goal to put people in the absolute best possible financial position in your power uh, for their family's safety, health, and uh, long-term well-being. And uh, that ethics doesn't come around easily. Um, I work with hundreds of agents and we have hundreds of thousands of clients across America. And you can probably count it on m- maybe a couple of my hands and one foot of people that are the equivalent of, of Martin. So uh, thank, you, thank you. And, and I want to add to that. I want to add to that, guys, because I, again, um, I've done business with Mike and Mike is a gentleman. So I will tell you that whatever Mike is going to talk about here it, it will be with full integrity i don't bring anyone on here that i don't believe in anyways but it will be with full integrity and it's the utmost absolutely the utmost best that he knows of i i can vouch for that we've been, there's some people guys there's some people in, in business that you do business with and they're just straight up assholes excuse my language um and they just want to get you and they just want to they just want to hurt you and i can tell you that there was a time in my in my career business that i was doing business with mike and Mike was a gentleman. I was going through some things and Mike stood up. He, he, he did what was right. And I appreciate you for that, Mike. And I want to, I want to publicly say that. Thank you. You and I know what we're both talking about. So anyways, brother, tell us a little bit about you. So my wife, my wife and I, uh, I I sold commercial printing for years in 2003. My father passed away 2002. He passed away young at 60. And I decided I, I didn't want to work 80 hours a week anymore. And I, I, I wanted to moved to North Carolina, a little bit of a better lifestyle. And I got into the mortgage business. Uh, and I did that for years with some success. Uh, I, I'm very proud to say my wife and I, we worked as a team in that business too. And uh, in 2007, uh, our W2 income became seven figures for the first time in my life. And nice. uh, uh, unfortunately in 2008, it went away like that. We all know in 2008, the mortgage industry imploded. Uh, I had moved to California for a year or two uh, to in Orange County to run a territory for a company called New Century. Uh, and I moved back 
Uh, making a long story short, I got a job after that working for Goldman Sachs and Securitizations in North Carolina. And um, on the, it, it makes me a long story short, we got in trouble as Goldman is public record for, they were shorting what I was, what I was securitizing, which you can't do. And they got fined. And so uh, they offered my wife and I the opportunity to move to New York and I turned it down. We wanted to stay in the Carolinas and just coincidentally uh, on my desk in this company was a, a prospectus from a very large insurance brokerage being sold for $30 million. And I was securitizing um, uh, life insurance. I mean, excuse me, I was securitizing mortgages and I switched over to doing some life insurance securitizations, which are similar. And coincidentally, my phone rang and a buddy of mine, Jeff, said, hey, you should sell life insurance part-time. So in 2008, I started just part-time. Uh, in 2009, 10, we were doing about 3 million a year in life insurance products and the team and the business we built. And then uh, we got we did some some final expense and as well mixed that and didn't like it. And then in 2000, uh, I think it would be 2000, probably 14 is when we met, uh, yep. and that's where we really launched uh, Living Benefit Life Insurance and that campaign uh, fully. And that's when our business kind of exploded. And you know, my wife and I don't have children, so this business is our baby, and. Uh, the philosophy that you carry to putting everyone ahead of them is our philosophy is that we want to put everyone in the best possible position. And when we learned ourselves that the financial products on the life side that aren't talked about enough, there's no downside risk. Uh, and you, and you get similar upside historically, they'll beat the market and historically the fees are lower. So when we learn these products, I completely changed my retirement portfolio and I'm extremely happy I did to eliminate risk in my life, uh, which we go out in, in the world and show that to clients uh, and agents and, and do trainings like this. And we do other podcasts and we actually do trainings all over the country. And with COVID, obviously it's slowed, which, you know, because, and it's hard to train on Zoom guys, what we do a lot of times, because it's just not having people in the room. They don't always get a grasp because as we're listening to a podcast, we might be driving a car or we're listening to a podcast. We might be, you know, cooking dinner or maybe have a TV on in the background and you don't get that same attention. So I, I, I hope that you, know, you guys can listen to this again a couple of times. And, you know, I'm sure if there's any follow-up questions, they can reach out to you and I can answer them. But uh, again, thank you for, well, we're going to put your information in the show notes and at, at the end, you'll give them your information so they can reach out to you. Mike. Okay, cool. So, so, so uh, Mike, go ahead. go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say one of the first things I always talk about is just, you know, you're, uh, and I do let people say the foundational structure for financials. So, you know, I want everybody to, to close their eyes for, for a minute and, and just for a second and think, you know, tomorrow you woke up and you thought you had the flu and this happened to a, a friend of mine's and I'll explain who the friend is. Uh, and you thought you had the flu, but you went to the doctor and they said it was blood cancer. You're going to beat it. So it was you, Martin, you're going to beat it, but it's two years, no working. You're going to have to move to Boston uh, to especially chemo hospital for this type of blood cancer success rates, 90%, but it's two years of your life to beat it. Uh, so with the elimination of that finances and the added expense of having to move to Boston, I want you guys to ask yourself three questions. How long can I survive on my savings? What would it do to my retirement if I had to utilize my money for that? And what would it do to my businesses if I wasn't there? Would my customers go somewhere else? 
Would my contacts need other contacts to, to, for, for what I was buying and purchasing? And if I'm a sales guy and I have a selling business, would my clients start buying from other people? And that's, that's really what we specialize in is taking all that risk away from you and your families and placing it somewhere else to protect you. And what, all the products that we talk about today are going to, in some way, shape or form, uh, save you from that risk. Even going into a long-term care facility, that's eight grand a month. So let's say six months, you had to be in a long-term care facility. That's 60 grand. We just had that happen. And I actually like giving examples. This gentleman right here, I'm going to hold a paper up. You guys can all see it, but he's a gentleman holding a check. He's out of the long-term care and home. And he got a $64,000 check was a replacement for his six months. That would have come out of his savings account in his retirement account. But guys, when you put money out of a retirement account, you have to pay Uncle Sam too. So he was at the age where he would have pulled 100000 out to pay that sixty, And he's thankful that he got a tax-free check from a life insurance policy that actually paid it. And people are like, man, life insurance can do that. And like, we're going to talk about some stuff that it can do that most of you guys aren't aware. Is that yep, fair? Yep. That's fair. Absolutely. And, and I like to ask you, I want to get right into this because I'm really intrigued by this thing. And um, it's how us real estate, real estate investors, most of the listeners are either real estate investors or they want to be real estate investors or they maybe they have some money and they want to invest in real estate. And so, so, so insurance is the foundation. First of all, I teach all of my students, even if you're coming with your own cash, you always buy insurance. You know, I used to sell insurance, Mike. So I'm a big believer in it. You oh, I do. You never buy property without insurance. You got to have life insurance. My community bank the other day asked me, I have a bunch of a bunch of deals with, with a bank. And one of the questions my banker came, he, he was sitting in my office here, Mike, and he asked me, Martin, just 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 out of curiosity, we're getting to a threshold, he tells me, where we kind of want to we kind of want to make sure how much life insurance you have. So guys, this is important as you're growing your business, because he wanted to make sure that if something happened to me, you know, the business keeps going. And they were taken, they're going to be taken care of. So, Mike, you have this thing we've been talking about. And again, I've been kind of out of the insurance game for a while. But this infinite infinite banking thing you're talking about, please, I love that concept. What is it? What does it mean? How does it work? How does it, How can an investor benefit from that? So what the investor, so we, there's something called arbitrage. Arbitrage is the difference between an investment's return and a loan. Okay. So uh, with a, let's say a home, you're going to go buy a home tomorrow and you're going to put down for easy math. You have to put down a hundred thousand in cash to buy that home. Yep. Okay. So you're, what you're losing on that hundred thousand is opportunity cost. They could have been making somewhere else. So let's say that you could buy that home for no money down just as a concept. We know you can't, but the home's still going to appreciate. Right. And there's still going to be profit in that home. You're going to get when you sell it. Right. So, but what you're losing is that if that hundred thousand dollars could be somewhere else making seven, eight, nine, 10%, okay, then you're losing the difference between that and if you could have borrowed that hundred thousand on that home. So, let's say right now you could borrow money because you have a hundred thousand in cash, you could borrow another hundred thousand at four percent, and you're going to use that original hundred thousand as collateral, right? It's mm-hmm. going to sit somewhere, okay? So, either way. You're, you're, you're going to gain. You're going to gain on uh, the property. Like I said, you're going to gain on what you make by flipping the property or by mm-hmm. making charging rent for that property. But you now have the opportunity 
for that $100,000 to make interest or make money for you somewhere else. You're putting that money to work in a different vehicle and you're just utilizing it as collateral. So infinite banking is the concept that we're going to take some of your money and we're going to put it in a product that it's going to grow. And it's going to get, if you borrow against, it's going to give you a tax write-off. Okay. Mm -hmm. So key thing. So you still get to write it off because you're going to, you're not actually, you're going to leave that money in that vehicle. You're just going to take a loan out and use it as collateral. Mm -hmm. And the difference is called arbitrage. So my easiest sample is you have that same hundred thousand in a savings account in the bank and they're paying you 8% interest, which I know they won't, but let's just say they will. And the bank's going to give you 8% and your car loan is 4%. Okay. You're making 4% on your money still because the car loan is you're paying four, but you're making eight on the hundred in the bank. So that you're still making 4% on your money, even though there's interest being charged against the car loan. Correct. Correct. Yes. That's called arbitrage. The difference between the two. So the same thing with infinite banking is you're going to place uh, the money in an insurance company with a savings account with an insurance company. And that insurance company is going to give you market-like returns without downside risk. And, and we can go into that in a minute, how that works. I can give you a simple explanation. And, and, and you're going to get arbitrage, the difference between the loan rate that they gave you and the money in that account. And they will lend you up to 75% of what's in their account the day okay, after so you let, put it in that account. Let, let, let me unpack this. Let's unpack this because you gave us a lot. So just right. take me step by step here. Okay. So I have a hundred grand yep. sitting in the bank or $50,000 sitting in the bank getting 0.01%. Correct. I come to you. Is that an insurance product, Mike? Is that yes. an, it's mm -hmm. an insurance product? Okay. So I put this money in this insurance product yep. with um, guarantees in terms of interest because it's with an insurance company. So insurance companies tend to give better returns because they get better returns because of their pool of money, right? Um, so I put this product in, I put this money in with this insurance, into this insurance product with you. Now I have, let's say a hundred thousand. The next day I can take out 75,000 from yes. that hundred thousand. And what can I do with that? What can I do with that money? Now I can take that money. I still have 25 sitting in that, in this account. That So here's the timeout. You actually yep. have a hundred thousand sitting in that account. They're going to lend you 75. So 75%. Yep. No, no, they're going to, yeah, they're going to lend you 75. So that actual account still has a hundred thousand in it and you're making interest on the entire hundred thousand. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So, so that's why this works so well. So you're basically going to pay, but you're getting interest on the total amount and you're going to borrow 75 and you're going to, your interest rate is going to be about 4% on that 75, but it's, but it's literally, you tell me where you can go get a hard money loan or a bank loan on that commercial property yeah. right now for 4%. You can, you can. You can if you have, an, if you have money and cash well, is king in the policy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now you make the difference on the two on that money. So I basically can take that money, um, invest it with myself if I'm an investor. So I can yes. invest it with myself, yes. pay myself 10 points, how I would pay a hard money lender per Correct. se, and make that six point spread. That's the arbitrage. Yes. Now, what happens with that? gain how does the gain work when i put it back what are the tax consequences can you tell me about that how does that work that's what's beautiful so we're putting after tax dollars in a life product so the future earnings in that life product if we pull it out 
properly is a completely tax-free, which I'm going to say it again, it's tax-free. So the goal is to create a retirement income stream that is tax-free. And also there's life insurance that comes with it. So if you did die, like your banker is going to see you have a huge life insurance policy, let's say. And if you had that heart attack, cancer, stroke, or you had a critical illness, like that check I showed you, you can actually access that as well. And so, you know, this way your business is protected anyway. You're going to get interest on your money. You're going to get the death benefit protection your bank, other bankers are going to want and your family. Because if you can't produce money anymore, you're a young guy, they still need your income for the next 20 years. That's going to be given in a death benefit tax-free. And then if you don't use any of those things, when you go to retire, you could pull an income street out tax-free. You, you, all, you all watch about OJ, right? About how he's living this crazy lifestyle. And you know, you watch where you live, his money that he's getting is out of life insurance because other than doing something, you know, a federally, basically his money was protected through what he did through civil action because he lost a civil lawsuit through uh, because it was in a life insurance policy. It was protected. Now, if he would have done tax fraud, they could have taken the money in the life insurance policy. But whoever set him up in retirement when he was a young athlete, put him in products like this and protected him. And later in life, he's pulling a yearly income stream. I think someone said about 300 a year out of his life products that he'll get for the rest of his life insurance. And they're tax free. Wow. How is that possible, Mike, that you can take out means tax-free? Because it sounds too good to be true. Can you explain that to people? Okay. From it's a, really, every, that's from my favorite question. It sounds too good to be true. Well, here's why. If you go get a loan from the bank, remember I said these were loans that they're going to give you against your cash? Yes. If you go to the bank tomorrow and you take a loan for 75000 do you have to pay tax on that? No. The opposite. It's a write-off, right? Correct. Okay. So these are loans always given you against the death benefit. And because you're building up so much wealth in these products and cash in these products, these insurance companies can lend you money and lien the death benefit. So they're tax-free. And when you die, and when you die, and they know someday you will, because we're all going to die, they get their money and they get that 4% interest compounding for that whole entire time, which is why they love this product. And I'll be honest with you, government hates this product. Okay. They maximize the amount of money you can put in this product to limit the amount of tax-free income you have later. So okay, so so let me let me break this down to my to my fellow investors because okay. I, I I got I got a, I got a really clear. So guys, for those of you that are familiar with the burst strategy, buy, rehab, uh, rent, refinance, and repeat. Right when we get that money out, when we refinance that property, so we use our own money when we refinance that property, and now we cash out. So now we spend all in fifty on this property to buy it and rehab it. And then we refinance it at 75. That $25,000, remember guys, is tax-free because it's a loan. We don't pay taxes on that. So that's that's how the birth strategy works. Because it's a loan, you don't pay taxes on it. Same thing, same concept here, because you're withdrawing it from this product as quote-unquote loan is tax-free. I love it. Okay, so that, that makes perfect sense. I just want to make sure that I break it down use something similar that we use, a strategy we use in the in the, in the real estate business so that people understand. That's freaking beautiful. Go ahead, Mooka. Do you know uh, Harbaugh, the guy that's a coach from Michigan? Yes. He actually went to Michigan when he got contracted and he said, I want a million dollars a year of my salary paid into this life insurance policy for the next seven years because you can fully fund these smart guy. He actually has his insurance license. So he's basically said, I want to fully fund this policy 
over the next seven years. So when I go to retire, I'll have a tax-free income stream. And uh, they were blown away because he did what he basically made them give him 300,000 extra uh, you know, out, of his, out of his contract and a million went in the life insurance. So 300,000 paid the tax because it's after tax dollars in the policy. And then the million bucks went into the policy. So his policies are fully funded and he's going to get out probably when he turns 55, I think that they said or 59, he's going to get something like $400,000 for the rest of his life. So wow. he dies at age 86. He's going to take that 7 million and turn it like into like 31 million plus his family is still going to get a death benefit tax free of about 4 million. That's a win, win, win. So here's the thing. I would, one of the objections I get is why do, doesn't my financial guy tell me about this product? That's I, what I was going to say. Why isn't this more commonly known? Why is this in this more, more out there, Mike? Well, we get, and you know it because you did life insurance, we get paid commission one time. And these other products, whether they're the whole life version of this or whether they're uh, a broker that's trying to put you into a fund and say, yeah, to pay tax, it's better off. I can make you more money, which you statistically can't, uh, is the fact that we get paid once and nobody likes just getting paid once. It's kind of like if you got, you're flipping a house, you get paid one at one time, right? If you had the option of flipping a house and get paid on it for life, that might change the way you flip houses, right? Well, if you look at money motivation, which is unfortunately what people are, is they're going to do what's best for them too. As long as you get a win and you perceive it a win, if they can get a bigger win, most people go with the bigger win. And we get paid one time on this product. So when someone puts in, uh, we just had a sports athlete because they do we do these for athletes where the same deal, it's, an, it's a famous quarterback is doing this for himself and he's putting in crazy amount of money a, a year. Um, and on their NDA, I can't say the amount, but he's, a, he's basically putting a lot of money in a year. And the reason why he's doing this is his sports agent uh, said to him, hey, look at this as part of your vehicle, because if you want to, if you pull out when you go to retire, and you want to live on $3 million a year, which is what this guy said he wanted to live on in retirement. He goes, you're going to pay $1.5 in taxes a year, basically, because the tax bracket you're in in the state you live in. He lives in California. He's like, but if you put half your money in this policy and half your money in your other retirement vehicles, the fact that when you go to retire, it's tax-free, you're going to pay less than half in taxes because the half of 1.5 million you pull out of this product, there's no taxes. So you get to live on all of it. Mm. That's a huge life changer for people in retirement. That's a big, yeah, because a the other money you pull out, because you're only pulling 1.5 out, you're going to be in a different tax bracket with write-offs. And instead of paying half that in taxes, you only pay 40%. So he's even saving taxes on the other side. So even on the taxable side, because he lowered his tax income. And so I do a simple example. If you want to live on, if you have a hundred thousand dollars that you're living on in retirement. Okay. Mm -hmm. Simple example, guys. And you pull a hundred thousand dollars out of a taxable account. You're going to net out best case scenario, 66 K because you're going to okay. have to pay taxes. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm saying that's 34% state and federal. Because when we go to retire, we're not going to have the same write-offs anymore. We're not going to have kids to write off anymore. We're not going to have expenses. We're retired, right? Mm -hmm. So if you could split that between a tax-free product like this and then pull half out of a taxable venture, then what's going to happen is the first 50000 that we pull out of the product is 100% tax-free. We get to pocket that. The other 50000 now we've dropped from a 34% to a 24% tax bracket. So we're going to net only pay twelve thousand on that on that money twelve thousand five hundred to be exact, and mm -hmm. so we're going to stick in our pocket 
approximately 38 grand. When you add those two together, it's 88. So you got to ask yourself a question. Would you rather live on 88,000 in retirement or 66,000 if I pulled it all out of a taxable product? All day long, 88. Right. So here's what I say. How does this apply to real estate investors? Well, the goal is to build up your real estate net worth, but filter it through a tax-free life insurance vehicle. So as you build it, when you get to retirement age, you're like that sports athlete where you can, where you have a fully funded pile. It takes seven years to fully fund these products. You have a fully funded product after seven years. And if you want to keep doing it, you just do another fully funded product. Does that make okay, sense? Brother, so, so let me unpack that a little bit. I'm okay. a regular, I'm a regular investor. Mm-hmm. Give me strategies. Let's give people meat and potatoes. Okay. I'm a regular investor. I'm a regular guy. I'm out there flipping houses. I got some rentals. When you say, Fund this. Give me an example of how this, okay. what this would look so, like for a regular guy. So now, just so you know, the our average listener may not have a two hundred thousand, a hundred thousand sitting somewhere. Maybe our average listener can put a couple of hundred dollars or two or three hundred. Maybe they could do a flip. When they do a flip, they got they could take five grand and say, "Boom, I'm going to throw it in there." So, so just keep that in mind that maybe our right. average listener doesn't have a hundred grand sitting around. Talk to me. So what I what I tell people is, what can you afford to save? I got to ask yourself a question in the back of your mind. What can I afford to save uh, a month? And, and here's the thing. If you're an average investor and, and that's an issue, I think you have to go to the basics and make sure you have living benefit life insurance. So that, I mean, one of our companies that one I do my personal policies with and Martin asked me for a suggestion for his wife and I gave it to him. Yeah. It, it actually has a critical accident. So we're all driving around and we all see, um, people texting, right? And, yes. and so my goal is to make sure that critical accidents covered. So I would say if you're basic, I would literally be looking at a, uh, a smaller policy where you could put away $50 a week, you know, $75 a week. I have a tie break it down hundred dollars a week and start building up the product so that, and you can still, you get to borrow off these products as well. Uh, it, it's just, you're going to have smaller numbers. So therefore there's smaller cash. Uh, if somebody says to me, hey, I'm going to put, I want to put 5,000 in a year, but I'm waiting for some flips to do it, you can actually structure it where you do a dump in once a year, but you make a small monthly payment to keep it active. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, yes, and yes. So, and so the other thing that I think is important is that you might not need to borrow that money year one. So you look at it as a savings plan because I look at these as savings plans, not as just you know, bank products, like banking on yourself products. So sometimes we got to walk before we can run and we all want to make sure we can get to the, the bigger flips. We all want to make sure that we're going to have 10 homes under construction at once, five homes under construction. And it takes time to build that up. But I think that you also got to make sure that you're, you're taking the risk of loss off yourself and your family and you're putting it on an insurance company. So if it's someone that says, man, I can only afford 50 bucks a month right now, Get a living benefit life insurance policy for for uh, fifty bucks a month and lock in your insurability. So get, I'm going to be honest, get a ten year term with living benefits. You get the most life insurance you can for the least amount of money, and then that death benefit is locked in. Because Martin, if let's say for instance, God forbid you have a stroke in three years and your insurability is locked in, you can still use that insurability to convert it to a permanent policy and get that banking policy on yourself. Does that make sense? Yep, that makes and so, sense. Um, the first investor we ever dealt with was a guy out of Florida and he was a big time investor and his, his CPA and law firm wanted him to do one of these policies. 
And he kept putting it off, kept putting it off. And we should have done a term for him, like I talked about, but we didn't. And he had a mini stroke, 41-year-old guy. And at that point on, we couldn't help him with one of these products because that knocks you out because you can't be in bad health. You have to be in okay or good, decent health. And what it did was we showed him a savings of about 45, 50,000 a year in taxes from moving forward. And because of that stroke and we didn't act fast enough, you know, I look in the mirror and say, I cost the guy 45,000 a year because I didn't push him fast enough because once that happened, he couldn't use this tax vehicle anymore. Mm. So I always say, if you're, if you're a smaller guy and you want to start a savings plan, start a small one because a savings plan is better than no savings plan. Re- having reserves is better than none. And a lot of these banks, like I have a big real estate bank in my town is Fidelity. We bought a piece of commercial property in this new office building we're in. Uh, and we went through Fidelity and they required me while well, we had enough, but they required life insurance to get a better rate. They, I could get it without it. But when I showed them I had living benefit life insurance, they actually gave me a little better rate because they knew there's something happened to me. They were getting their money. Mm-hmm. And we had to write them. We have a we have a policy where the bank is one of the beneficiaries of one of our policies, and it saved me a half a point on my commercial building. Wow, nice, very so nice. Just, you know, the savings was greater than the insurance cost, <laughs> yeah. right? Okay, so so Mike, you know, let, let's just say now, so so that was for the for beginners, right? Mm-hmm. Now let's just say you're a guy that's doing four, five, six flips a year, and or and or maybe you have. Um, you own a portfolio, a small portfolio of rentals. Yep. How does one get something like this started? What it, What is your recommendation? Your recommendation is what? Start yeah, with like a five or ten thousand dollar lump sum in at first, and then a monthly, a monthly accumulation, or just dump in as you as you do your flips. You can you can. What, what is your What is your suggestion? So you're gonna laugh. I'm gonna say both, but I'm gonna say it depends on your budget. So. I'm going to, I love stories. So I have a real estate investor in California and he was flipping homes and he was basically, he was doing them slowly because he was basically putting all the money. He's hundred percent owned these three homes. So he, I, he owned them outright. It was about a million six in property. And right. I, I just literally asked him a question. I said, Hey, um, moving forward, you know, instead of paying cash for every home, you know, and I gave him the example of, how, how much did you make in appreciation on those homes? And he told me he thinks he made about a hundred grand last year on appreciation of his property, maybe 120. And I said, would you have made that appreciation if you had loans on those homes or not? And he said, no, I would have still made the appreciation on the loans, but I'd have had payments. And I said, okay, great. I understand that. I said, would the, 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 how much interest would you have paid? And he thinks he would have paid about, he told me about 4%. I said, and so I said, in your mind, so you would think of that as a loss against your appreciation, right? Because a lot of real estate investors think, well, I, I'm losing money if I take a loan out. And I said, well, let me ask you a question. I said, you show a profit. He does show a profit. I said, so that 4%, you would lower your tax liability, right? What tax bracket are you in? And he's in 33% tax bracket. So now I said, let's do the math. So really you paid an extra because he made about 200 grand last year. I said, you paid an extra, um, basically 50,000 in taxes last year. And in your mind, okay, in your mind, you thought you saved 60,000 in interest, but what you did was you paid 50,000 in taxes based on his income and based on tax brackets on what he would have saved. And he was like, never thought about it like that. I said, what happens if moving forward, because I didn't tell him to touch what he has, instead of paying cash for future homes, we actually 
put money in this product and I showed him arbitrage and I, I gave him a story about a real estate investor who he had about a million dollars in one of these products. And a guy like you, Martin, came to him and said, I need a hundred thousand for a flip. Okay. So I want everybody, if you can, at this point, that's why I love that people are saying, write this down. He got a hundred thousand dollars that he, that he lent to a buddy for a flip. He charged his buddy 21%. Whoa. That's yep. not hard. That's super hard money. He did 21%. Okay. okay. Guy paid him back in one year. Okay. But that, that's what he charged. So he paid 4% interest on the loan from national life, the bank of national life. So he actually, no, let me take that back. He paid, I think it was 11%. Just, you know, when you said super hard, it's 11%. <laughs> you know, charge him 11%. So he charged him 11% interest is by charged 11%. Say, and so he netted out 7% on his money on that loan because he had to pay the bank the, uh, the 4%. You right? have to pay himself back 4%. But in the product, he made 11.75% on his total million, even the 100,000 he had a lien against. So he made 11 plus 10 minus four. Four. So he basically made 17. About, right. That's what he Seven. made in his money. So I said, guy with the head up, paid all this property, what you're losing on is opportunity cost of your money. By having it in your real estate, there's no opportunity cost gain in the real estate because the real estate's going to appreciate no matter what. Mm -hmm. Your rent's going to come in no matter what. But what you're doing is you're locking up all the money in that property and, it, and it's not there for other opportunities. And not only is it not there for other opportunities, money is meant to go make other money. So when I send, I love uh, uh, Kevin, the guy, the Shark Tank guy, Mr. Wonderful. He said, when yep. my money goes into something, it's got to come back with friends. That's from uh, the richest men in Babylon. That's the principles right. from the richest right. men. So when you send your, when you stick your money in a home, you're locking up opportunity costs because the money coming back is already there, whether the money's in the home or not. Mm -hmm. If you have a hundred percent loan against that home, the appreciation is still there. Now I know you have the expense of the loan, but if you could put your money somewhere else and it makes more money than the expense, then you're netting out a difference back to arbitrage. And the infinite banking concept is the fact that if you're your own bank, okay, and it's your money and you send your money off, okay, you're going to take it away or take it out of the bank account where you're actually going to loan against the money in your bank account. It's always a lien against it. And you mm -hmm. send that money out. If you're good, a good flipper, if you're good at doing what you do, it's going to come back with friends. Mm -hmm. The whole point is, the money sitting in that account is always earning other friends. So the money in the account earnings friends, the homes are earning appreciation and you're doubling up. You're mm. making money while you're making money. And interest rates right now are at all time low with these, with these internally and they're, and they're even lower like with these insurance companies because they have a guarantee they're getting their money back. And mm. the concept of infinite banking is so simple. Think of it this way. Somebody's going to give me money because they're holding other money for me. That's it. They're going to give me money cheaper because they have some of my money. I'm going to eliminate future taxation like you just showed on the principle of how to do it within a home. We're doing it the same thing with our savings. And I'm in a, and, and I, I live my life this way with all my real estate. We, my wife and I own a building right now. We just bought an 8,000 square foot uh, office building that was only, a, it was only built a year ago, went into foreclosure. Wow. People made one payment. Uh, I'll be honest, the build cost was 1.8 million. We paid 770 for it. Wow. We had it was a bit, it was an auction. We had to come all cash and then we financed 770,000. 
Why did I finance 770,000? Because my money is in an account where it's, where it's going to make eight, 10% interest. And I'm doing exactly that based on my own properties. I have another building that my, that we, that we used to be in when you did business with us, that office building is paid off. However, however, that building is paid off, but we do have liens against it. And I'm using the same principle of guaranteed loan against that because we bought a second home in Asheville and, uh, and it's called the, uh, it's the Kimpton Aries. We bought a condo in there and we just moved in a couple of weeks ago as a second home. And that's what we did on that. So we're doing the same thing, infinite banking on our own personal stuff, even though it's not business. And then my personal home, we just refinanced at 2.5% uh, through a bank here in North Carolina. Why did I get 2.5%? Because I let them lean some of the prop money in my insurance policy. Mm-hmm. So, Making a lot of sense. so while my friends are like getting, you know, you know, at the time, 3.25 was the going rate. Now, if I would have refinanced last year, I probably could have gotten under under uh, 2%. Wow, beautiful. Mike, I, I want to stop right here because you gave us a lot of information and I want people, I want the listeners to, to listen to this again, okay? Because these are really advanced concepts that are not commonly known. So I'm going to advise you guys to replay this again Mike, if anyone wants to get a hold of you, they have questions, they want to explore this some more, which I highly, highly encourage. You and I are going to talk off, off of air, sidebar, after we're done here. How would they get a hold of you? Where can they find you? Where can they call? What's your website? What's your email? If you want to give that, how can people I will. I will. I, I, I'm, here's the thing. Even if, even if you're in a state we don't do business, I don't know where all you are. Don't worry about it. You can use me as a referral source or an information source. But I'm going to give first my cell number because it's really easy. It's uh, 704-674-7777. That's my personal cell phone. Easiest thing to do is shoot me a text, say I heard you, I heard you on the, on the uh, podcast, the podcast. And, mm-hmm. yep, and just reach back out to me. Number two is my email, which is also pretty simple. It's Mike, M-I-K-E, at ffs.org. So frankfranksam.org. And then the third thing is our website is pretty straightforward. It's again, it's uh, same thing. It's ffs.org. So www.ffs.org.com uh, is a perfume company. We couldn't get it, but we didn't want people typing out freedom, financial solutions. It's too long. So it's just uh, like frankfranksam.org. So it's, those are the easiest ways to get a hold of me. I would say 90% of whether it's clients or clients of clients or or honestly agents, because we've got about 300 agents. Everyone just shoots me a text and says, hey, do you got a second? I promise. Usually it's a two hour max window of at least getting a response and saying, hey, let's, I'll try to get back to you by this time. Okay, perfect. Mike, I want to thank you so much. I mean, I learned a ton from you. I'm going to talk to you a little bit off air in a minute here. Thank you so much for sharing all of this stuff. I really, really appreciate it. And guys, again, this, this is about um, this is about entrepreneurship. This is about the velocity of money. This is understanding other vehicles that you can use your money. This is a way that you can use, put your money and prepare for your future, right? Most of us invest our money in real estate because we are creating cash flow for our family. We're creating we're creating um, opportunities with equity. We're creating opportunities with cash flow. And this is just another way. And I want to continue to bring people on like Mike that can um, fortify that and give you other options and different ways and creative ways for you to do that. You know, the wealthy uses, and I've known this for, for some time now. And of course, um, these products have evolved a lot. And actually, actually, Mike, 
real quick, my wife and I bought our first product like this in 2003. My wife was 24, we're 24 and 25 at the time. And we got a product like this that we've been paying into it for many, many years. And um, I'm glad I'm glad I did, um, and I started it back then. Well, I was in the insurance industry, but the products have gotten a lot better now, much much better than they were in 2003. Mike, again, thank you very much. Really thank appreciate you. it, guys. Reach out to Mike again. I'm going to put all of this information in the show notes. Thank you guys for listening, Mike. Thank you again, brother. Thank you for listening to the Latinos in Real Estate Investing podcast, the top information hub for real estate investors and entrepreneurs within the Latino community. If you like to invest passively in real estate with our group, please email martin at premierridgecapital.com.